Welcome to the Unsweetened SIO podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsio.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode two of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast. Today, I wanna talk about my top five tools to reach sugar freedom. Um, You know, it's so hard when you're starting out to, well, and even still hard for me now with dealing with everyday stresses and feeling overwhelmed um, to then give up sugar and flour, which for many of us is our drug. You know, that's what I used at the end of a hard day. I can remember being at work and thinking of all the things I still had to do that night and then how I was going to reward myself for getting through this hard day of work and getting the kids to bed with whatever kind of goodie, you know, that I was going to make for myself. Or some really bad days, I'd stop at the store on my way home from work and probably spend $20 or $30 just on foods to comfort and soothe myself. And so, you know, giving that up and letting go of something that for so long was how I soothed myself um, was really, really scary and intimidating. And, you know, I talk about in episode one, kind of going through a grieving process before being able to, to give it up because I knew I'd have to replace, you know, replace it with something else. Um, Sugar was obviously giving me something or else I wouldn't have been abusing it the way I was. And I needed to figure out other ways to soothe and calm myself. And so I want to talk just about, I do a lot of different things, but I kind of narrowed down my top five here in no specific order. And I also want to say that I'm not being compensated for any of any of these things. It's just all my own opinions. Um, I, you know, it's stuff that's worked for me, but you have to find what works for you. If some of these things resonate, great, give them a try. And if not, that's okay. Um, Feel free to email me, come to my website, www.unsweetensio.com and contact me and let me know maybe some tools that you have found that you really incorporate every day. Um, cause I love hearing what other people are doing too. So again, in really no particular order, um, number one is pamper yourself. And, you know, this can also be lumped under that self care. You know, we all know, especially women, we hear all the time how important it is to make sure we take care of ourselves because most of the time we're so busy taking care of everybody else and we're putting our needs last. Um, and that's really hard when you are taking care of people. If you're not taking care of yourself first, you're going to run out of juice. You know, you're 
You're not going to be able just like on an airplane where you're supposed to put your own oxygen mask on first. It's kind of that same concept of really taking care of yourself first. And so for me, I think there's so many different ways to pamper yourself. I love a good massage and I'm really lucky because my insurance covers a monthly massage with just a $25 copay. And I have found a wonderful massage therapist here in Portland that accepts my insurance. So I always schedule, it's usually the first Friday of the month, I schedule my massage. And that's one way that I know for that hour I'm completely relaxed and taking care of myself. I know some people don't love massages. You know, maybe it's you like to go get your nails done, or um, maybe you like to try acupuncture or a facial. Um, There's so many different things that, you know, you could really feel like you're pampering yourself and really taking care of yourself. But, you know, there's also many things that you can do that don't cost money, too. Another thing I really started to do in the morning was I wanted to establish rituals, you know, kind of these pampering rituals so that I was making sure, yes, a monthly massage is great, but I needed to have things on a daily basis, too, that I was doing to really nurture and take care of myself. And one of those things that I established early on was my Sunday night bath and face mask ritual, which is exactly as it sounds. I am really lucky to have a separate soaking tub in in my bathroom. And I've always been a person that loves to take baths. I mean, I'll squeeze into like a little tub too. But it's something so luxurious about having a big soaking tub. And so every Sunday night, pretty much, I mean, sometimes I'm traveling or something else is going on Sunday night. But for the most part, every Sunday night, I'm taking a bath and doing a face mask. And uh, a bath is really soothing for me. So a week that I might be stressed out, I might be taking, you know, multiple baths in that week. Um, but usually for my Sunday night, I love the bath bombs. Um, sometimes I get them at Lush or, you know, even in the grocery store, but I love a really good bath bomb. I also will usually include two cups of Epsom salt. You know, Epsom salt is something that is so cheap, especially if you go to Costco, you can get, um, it's really, really cheap at Costco to get a really big box that has two bags of Epsom salts. And I do that, um, about two cups of that in my big tub. And then, um, some nights I add some essential oils. Um, my friend Jess is going to be on the podcast in a few weeks to talk about young living oils. And I have really enjoyed using essential oils in the bath. There's all different ones. Sometimes I use Panaway, which is really, it's like a, I, I think of it as like a natural Bengay. It's really good for aches and pains. So if I'm having, sometimes I have back, uh, lower back pain, I'll put a few drops of Panaway in with the Epsom salts. Um, and then I also like just lavender some days for feeling really relaxed. Um, so there's so many different 
things that you can do in the bath. And sometimes I just do even just some hot water because it just feels good. And when I travel, I'll do that sometimes if I forget to bring, you know, Epsom salts or oils with me or a bath bomb. Um, and so I usually also will do a face mask of some kinds and I get in the bath, I lower the lights, sometimes I read, I usually light some candles, um, my mom just got me for Christmas a nice, um, spa like pillow for the bathtub so now I can like rest my head on it and my little five-year-old son for my birthday had picked out uh, my husband let them pick out birthday presents for me and he got me this tray that goes in the bathtub that like I can put my book or magazine on and it also has a cup holder so a lot of times I'll have you know a cold beverage as well when I'm in the in the bath and so it's really relaxing sometimes I shut my eyes like I said sometimes I read sometimes I'll even listen to music but for me it's a really nice way to start my week on a relaxed foot um, you know a lot of times the weekends are really really hectic and we're running all around and Sunday night I can be feel pretty ragged so this is a way to really refresh and rejuvenate myself and help me for Monday, you know, just be in a better frame of mind. So whatever, you know, you like to do, I know not everyone loves baths, but, you know, find something, some kind of ritual that you're doing that feels like you're just really, really taking care of yourself and pampering yourself. Another thing that I started to do was what I call my um, elixir my magical elixir, elixir that I drink at night. And this came about because I also have not had any alcohol, you know, since I gave up sugar and flour over a year ago now. Um, and I'm still not sure, you know, I'm going to talk about that in a future episode, whether I'm going to add that back in or not. Um, but for right now, I have not had any alcohol, and sometimes, you know, that was another thing I'd like to have at night was a glass of wine, you know, just to calm down after a stressful day and unwind a little bit. And so um, I decided that I really like iced tea now. For you, you might, most people like, you know, hot beverages. I do not, unless I'm feeling sick, then I will drink hot tea. I really wish I liked it more. But, um, you know, so I decided I was going to make an iced tea elixir at night, and I had read about holy basil, which is also known as tul Tulsi tea, which is really good for relaxation and stress relief. Um, it's supposed to help with anxiety, even help you sleep. So it's Tulsi, T-U-L-S-I, or Holy basil is the other name for it. And so I just found this at, you know, you can find it at almost any grocery store and there's all different versions of it. Um, but I got, you know, made sure it was caffeine free since it was something I was going to be drinking before bed mainly. And I had to experiment a few times with different brands until I found one that I really liked. But, you know, I usually make a, um, 
I do that kind of weekly. I make some, you know, make it hot first. I boil water and I put about four tea bags in the tea kettle and let that cool down. And then I pour it into my glass pitcher that I have and I might add a little more water to it to fill up the pitcher. And then I just keep that in the refrigerator all week. And then at night, as soon as I get the kids to bed, I go for my elixir. And I have some nicer glassware that I like to use, too, to make it even feel more special. Um, so I use my, like, fancier glassware, and I put a little bit of ice in there, and I pour it in. And usually it's just, like, you know, it's not even a lot of iced tea. It's more like you're, I'm pouring myself a bourbon or something. So I just pour myself a little bit and then kind of sip it slowly and imagine that it's, you know, some kind of magical elixir that's helping me de-stress from the day. And I've really enjoyed that. Um, you know, I'll do that a lot at night so that I still feel like I have some kind of ritual um, to help me unwind at the end of the day because I think, you know, again, everyone's kind of different with what they, you know, their daily habits and rituals, but when you are giving up sugar, you need to find ways to replace that in a healthier, you know, the healthier version. And for me, you know, doing this iced tea elixir, I even kind of just pretend in my mind that it has magical powers and it's like fixing things and soothing me, you know, kind of the way I used to think sugar did. Um, but unlike sugar, you know, after having it, I'm not then re immediately regretting my choice and beating myself up and saying, why did I do that? Or even with alcohol, as I've gotten older, sadly, even sometimes just having a glass of wine at night would make me feel like crap the next day, and I'd have a headache and feel kind of hungover. So I'm not sure I tolerate alcohol as well as I used to. Um, and, you know, so having my elixir at night, there is, you know, no hangover, whether it be a sugar or alcohol hangover. It just feels really nice and relaxing. And again, for you, that might instead be a nice cup of hot tea that you have, you know, before bed at night. Um, but find some way to pamper yourself, you know, weekly, monthly, but also on the day to day, because if you're like me, you know, stress is one of my really big triggers. So I'm trying to find ways to help manage my stress, you know, in most of us have very stressful lives. So that's part of being an adult, unfortunately. Um, so finding ways to manage that, uh, especially in the beginning, I think is so key. So moving on to number two is getting a good night's sleep. Again, I know this isn't like any kind of groundbreaking um, news, <laughs> you know, to get a good night's sleep. We all know that. We all know about self-care too. It's just actually doing these things and making them a priority in your day, um, you know, we, for anyone that has kids, especially, you know, little kids, you spend so much time establishing, you know, a bedtime routine for them. And I like to think about, you know, establishing our own bedtime routine at night as adults. Um, you know, so find again, what kind of works for you, but a way that you're making sure that you're getting, you know, seven, eight, nine hours of sleep. I think everyone, 
you know, needs a different amount. For me, I'm pretty much like eight hours. If I go to bed at 10 and wake up at six, that's like my magical time. You know, I feel, wake up feeling refreshed and, um, you know, I I can't stay up much later than that. That's kind of my window is that 10 o'clock time. And then I tend to wake up a little bit early and that is what works for me. Um, but for my, you know, bedtime routine that I have started, um, usually by nine o'clock, I try to turn off all electronics. So, um, you know, no more TV. Sometimes Chris and I will be watching some kind of program at night, we turn it off and I go upstairs. I leave my phone plugged in downstairs. I don't bring it upstairs with me. So it's not even tempting, Um, and I just don't like to, you know, look at it right before bed. So I plug in the phone, you know, kind of put that good night to my phone. I come upstairs and I do my nightly, you know, um, skin care and dental care ritual. Um, and I have found, you know, now that I've established this bedtime routine, I really take more care with stuff like washing my face that I used to just kind of rush through before. I try to be a little more present in all of these things. Um, And so, you know, I take time to wash my face and use my eye cream and my moisturizers, you know, all these products that I like to use and just kind of really am still and kind of quiet and just great feeling grateful too for my body and, you know, taking a time to just reconnect with myself and feel like I'm really taking care of myself. And that even extends as weird as it sounds to my dental routine too, as far as brushing my teeth, flossing, using a tongue scraper, and then I use mouthwash too. And I really just take my time um, I have a Sonicare toothbrush, you know, that times two minutes, but then once it turns off, I kind of gently brush my gums for a little bit too. And then I always floss. Um, and it's kind of stuff that I used to really not enjoy doing. I've tried to change my mindset around that. And instead of it just being kind of a hassle to floss every day, I've made it where it's like, um, a way to pamper and nourish myself that, I, you know, I'm brushing my teeth and taking time with it and applying, you know, washing my face and putting on lotion. I've kind of just turned from being, oh, this is such a pain. It's so annoying into being like, oh, this is such a gift that I can do this every day for myself. And it kind of works, you know, you kind of trick your, your mind a little bit. So I really just take some time, um, you know, again, with my face care, my taking care of my teeth. And then, um, I get on, put on my pajamas and I usually have lotion that I keep next to my bed that I rub on my hands and my neck and my feet. Um, you know, I feel like so many people, we don't take care of our feet. So I've always had, um, different feet issues throughout my life. So, I think I've always been a little more tuned into giving them a little extra TLC. And um, and then I also like to use some essential oils at night as well. Um, 
I made a little roller bottle that has frankincense and lavender in it. And my friend Jess, who will be on another episode, had told me if you roll that on your big toe, it kind of helps with, um, you know, just getting your mind to quiet at night. If you're like me, my, um, well, my mind's just always going. But especially at night, it like kicks into overdrive. Like, I don't know if it's fighting to go to, you know, not wanting to go to sleep or what. But I start thinking about the most ridiculous things that really do not matter. I mean, just like who cares about the, you know, these things I'm thinking about. And it could be something that isn't even happening for like months. And I'm like, why am I getting fixated on this right now? Be quiet. And so I found that the roller um, of frankincense and lavender helps and just kind of quiet my brain. I do that. And then I also like to diffuse oils at night, and I have a diffuser for the kid, both of the kids' rooms and my room, and I put different things in. Um, a lot of times I'll text Jess and say, you know, we have a runny nose. What should we use for that? So she kind of helps me um, pick. But for the most part, a lot of times I am doing lavender and frankincense or something that's really calming um, and helps us all you know, go to sleep and the kids love it. And I really love it too. And I tend to do this again, right when I get into bed and then I read, um, a book, you know, I have a Kindle. I really love to read. Uh, I know that's not for everybody either, but for me, oh, sometimes it's like my favorite thing. Once I get into bed, it could, it's almost like my favorite part of the day. Like, ugh, everything's done for a day. I can just read my book and then go to sleep. You know, it feels so luxurious again. And I also have a one-sentence journal that my mother-in-law started me on um, after my son was born. And you can look these up. I think it's really cool. I've never been a big journaler, um, but I really like this because it's just one sentence a day and it goes for five years. So, you know, for any given day, you can look back at previous years and see what, you know, what's been going on. And that's been kind of fun because, you know, there's so many day-to-day things that you just forget that you think you'll never forget. Um, And then kind of looking back at it a year or even two years later is kind of fun to see, especially when my kids were little, you know, they hit so many different milestones and it was like, oh, that was the first day he crawled or, you know, it's kind of fun looking back at all that. And I've kept really kept up with that. It's really, it's a small journal too. I travel with it. And again, because it's just one sentence a night, it feels really manageable for me. Um, and so I usually write my little one sentence and then I read my book until right about 10 o'clock and then it's lights out. Um, my husband's more of a night owl. So sometimes, you know, he will stay up later, but he kind of knows that my window is 10 o'clock, my magical sleep time window. And I'll even give him a hard time if he comes up at like 10.08, because really like 10 o'clock is, is it lights out. And I am usually asleep pretty quickly. Um, I also like to pray before I go to bed every night, just, you know, in my head as I'm falling asleep. And then after I say my prayers, I also like to start listing things that I'm grateful for. 
Um, and I try to do at least three, but at most days it's five to even 10. And I like to just try to keep listing things that I'm grateful for until I fall asleep. And I just think that's such, again, a peaceful, nice way to just go to sleep. Um, you know, listing all these things you're grateful for, especially if you are having a tough day, kind of remembering all the blessings that you do have in your life. Um, and so I, I like to do that too. And a lot of times fall asleep as I'm doing that. And so again, it feels just like a really kind of peaceful way to go to sleep instead of worrying about something, you know, that really doesn't matter. You know, if I let my brain go thinking about things that are really just so dumb, I try to instead think about, you know, things that I'm grateful for. And I think the other important thing about getting a good night's sleep is making your bedroom, um, you know, like I like it to be dark and a little bit cold. You know, I don't like to be hot. I kind of get hot when I sleep anyway. And we have, um, you know, the curtains that are um, so that the sunlight doesn't come through, um, you know, the and we have blinds and plus those curtains. So it's pretty dark. Um, and I also like, you know, having bedding that's comfortable. We have a comfortable bed and pillows and sheets and comforter. I think it is important to be really, you know, um, comfortable in or else you're not going to be able to get a good night's sleep. So, you know, maybe treat yourself to a nicer pair of sheets or pillow or whatever it is so that you can feel really comfy, cozy, um, when you're getting into bed and being kind of excited to go to sleep, you know, now I just like my bedroom so much. It feels, you know, kind of like a treat at the end of the day now just to get into bed and relax. So, you know, make sure your bedroom is, you know, really set up to help you get a good night's sleep. Um, I, you know, I've read that cluttering, you know, it's not good to have clutter in your bedroom. So trying to just kind of pick up stuff. I don't have a TV, you know, we don't have our phones, we don't work in our bedroom at all. Um, and I kind of like that, you know, it's more a sanctuary for me. And then, you know, watching TV or working or whatever. So, you know, make your own sanctuary somewhere where you can get a really good night's sleep. Cause I do think that's really important. I know when I don't sleep as well, um, easily triggered the next day. Um, when I'm tired, I'm reaching for sugar a lot of times too, or it just makes me crankier in general. So getting a good night's sleep is really key. And I have, you know, definitely noticed, the difference between getting a good night's sleep and not. And I'm happy to report after 13 months now of being sugar and flour free, my sleep is just getting better and better and better. But it did take a while. So be patient with it. Um, and then so moving on to number three is um, maybe trying a daily meditation. And this is something that I've started experimenting with, uh, you know, probably 10 years ago. I know when I was trying to get pregnant, I was doing all these different visual visualizations and meditations. Um, and I would, you know, listen to them when I was falling asleep at night and kind of just started 
um, experimenting a little bit with meditation. And um, I have a hard time sitting still, as I've mentioned. So meditation's always challenging for me because my mind wants to just keep going. And, you know, I'd be reading about people that meditate for 30 minutes or an hour a day, and that just seemed too overwhelming for me. So actually, when I was attending the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, become a certified health coach, um, one of the lecturers talked about this one-minute meditation. And you can actually Google that. It's a, you know, look on YouTube for one-minute meditation. And it really is just takes you through this one minute to kind of calm your mind. And I thought, okay, I can do a minute. And that's how I kind of started was just playing that YouTube for a minute Um, or even just setting a timer and just sitting quietly for one to three minutes. I started doing that. Um, And then when that felt a little bit easier, I started using the Calm app which is on, um, I think, most iPhones. And they do have some things on there that are free, but really to access um, most of the meditations, it is a, a fee. Um, so I usually pay for a year, a yearly fee, and I think I've been doing that two years now. And um, there are, you don't have to use Calm. There's so many different apps that you can you know, purchase, or there's a lot of free things available to um, apps and on YouTube. So you got to kind of find what you like. I think it's important if you're listening to a guided meditation that you like the voice. Um, Cause I was trying a few different ones that people had recommended and I just got stuck on not liking the voice um, of the person doing the, <laughs> the guided meditation. And so you need to find something that you find like relaxing and, um, you know, even if it's just enjoying the voice. And for the Calm app, I really like that. I like Tamara who does the meditations and she does what's called a daily calm. And it's about 10 minutes every day, which for me is perfect. I typically do it first thing when I wake up in the morning Again, trying to start the day on the right foot Um, before I get the kids up, before I do anything else. I go downstairs typically, or some mornings I'm too tired and I just go down, grab my phone, and go back into bed and listen to it while I'm lying down in bed. Um, And I do the daily calm, which always has some kind of message. You know, for instance, today it was about mornings and how. Mornings are a good time to, you know, set the tone for the day to really make some, you know, hey, today's a new day. It's going to be a good day and just kind of taking some time in the morning to set some intention. So it usually has, you know, some you know, a couple minutes of just quiet meditation and then some kind of message at the end. And a lot of times with a quote too, that just really resonates with me. And it's funny because there's so many times that the daily calm feels like it's speaking to me directly. It just has some kind of message that I need to hear. So I have really, really have loved it. Um, And I do that every morning that I can, you know, I do miss it some days, but I don't stress about it. And, you know, they call it a meditation practice because it really does take practice and it's hard to sit and be quiet. And there are some days it comes easier to me and other days that I can't, I mean, I just am thinking about other things the whole time and, you know, but that's okay. I really don't beat myself up about it. I just 
try to do it every single day, knowing the more and more that I practice, the easier it will be. And one thing I have found, um, you know, after a few years of meditating now is that when I do wake up at night, sometimes I'll wake up at like three or four and my mind will just start going again with those like stupid thoughts about things that really don't matter when it comes down to it. And I just kind of, you know, focus on my breathing, um, like we do in meditation and it helps me, you know, calm those thoughts back down and go back to sleep a lot quicker than I used to be able to. So I really just like, you know, having that quiet time and, you know, um, if you don't feel like listening to a guided meditation, maybe just taking, you know, your phone and setting your timer for five minutes and just having some quiet time where you sit and focus on your breathing and just kind of be present. You know, there's so many times that we're thinking about something in the future or in the past or stressing. It's just nice to take some quiet time every day to just be really present and still. Um, and this really has helped me, I think, too, with, you know, dealing with cravings and um, urges, you know, to have sugar is just being more comfortable with um, sitting still and kind of feeling those feelings and emotions and thoughts um, and just letting them kind of float away then. You know, meditation really talks about how we are not our thoughts and it's okay to observe but kind of take a step back from your thoughts and just kind of observe them and then let them just kind of float away. And so for me, I have really found that meditation has been really key to being able to combat, combat some of the sugar cravings that I face um, and just keeping me more zen, you know, against stress and overwhelm, huge triggers for me. Um, and sometimes, you know, I still have some very bad weeks like I did, you know, recently, but I know if I can get back to doing my daily meditation, it really, really helps. So I think that's really, really important. Number four is daily movements, if you can, of some kind. You know, I don't say exercise because I think sometimes that has a negative connotation, but just getting some kind of daily movement, whether it's taking a walk, taking a run, um, even just dancing or, you know, doing some stair, a stair workout, you know, where you just climb the stairs at work during your lunch hour. I used to do that. Um, just getting some movements. And for me, it's really important for me to be outside every day, especially living in the Northwest in this time of year. Um, it's really gloomy and overcast. And I find that if I can get outside every day and take a walk and get the fresh air, you know, just be in nature, try to be present, I feel so much better. And I don't get as depressed as I sometimes will in, in wintertime when it's all gloomy. So my daily movement really is just taking a walk every day. In the past, I've been an athlete and have done more extreme exercises, you know, and I love things like CrossFit and um, HIIT and um, Orange Theory. Um, it's just so many different things that I used to do. But right now, for whatever reason, walking is just perfect for me. It's free. You know, I don't have to go to a gym. I can just do it. And I can do it anywhere. 
Um, so I tend to walk as, you know, pretty much 45 minutes to an hour every day. And then I've also been doing these daily circuits, uh, working out my abs and my butt that, <laughs> um, and these are just exercises I found on Pinterest, you know, so I just kind of made my own circuit and, uh, we don't have the budget right now for me to join, you know, a gym or take, sometimes I like to do yoga classes or, um, even ballet classes or bar classes. And so there's a lot, that's what I like about, you know, exercise. There's so many things that you can even do for free and that can just be walking, running, whatever it is, try to find something that's relaxing, um, or rejuvenating for you, um, rather than feeling like a chore, you know, if it's like, Oh, I have to, I don't want to, I was trying to swim laps because again, I injured my foot and I couldn't work, uh, walk and I liked it for a few weeks. And then I just realized, uh, I don't, I just wasn't looking forward to it. I was like dreading it every time. And I thought, okay, that's not a good exercise for me. I shouldn't be dreading it. So walking is something that I look forward to doing. It's really easy to do. Um, and even the circuits too. So, um, but I totally realized as well that, you know, your exercise is going to kind of change. Um, you know, I would, you know, maybe next year I do want to start running or something, but find something that works for you right now. Um, and feels easy to do, you know, it's not something that you're really like having to motivate yourself to do every day. Um, so, and some days I just like to stretch too, you know, even just so many of us forget to stretch. Um, I know I could do more yoga and there's so many free videos too with yoga and stretching exercises. I finally bought one of those yoga straps, um, really cheap on Amazon and I'll travel with that too. And a lot of times at night when I am watching TV, I'll just do some stretching and it feels so good. And I'm always like, why don't I do this more often? So just find some way to move and, you know, if you can get those natural endorphins going, all the better. Um, but for me, I definitely feel better. And I've always said that for me, exercise is about my sanity, not my vanity. I've never noticed, even when I was doing a lot more extreme exercise, that I would lose weight. It's always been more of a mental thing for me. I just feel so much better the days that I get some kind of movement in in my day. I really like to be able to break a sweat. Um, I just feel a lot more balanced, a lot happier, and I seem to handle stress a little bit better when I do incorporate exercise. So I do believe that's super important, and I know some people really dread it, so try to find something that's fun or try to find someone that you can exercise with. I love going on walks with friends or even just calling a friend when I'm on a walk. So try to do something like that, that you really look forward to. And then the last thing I want to talk about are my number five is different breathing techniques. Um, you know, just remember to breathe. We, we hear that's another thing we hear all the time, but I am constantly reminding myself of that. Even just right now, I kind of just want to take a deep breath. <sighs> it just feels so good. And I think, why don't I do this more either? Um, so 
I notice that I kind of do shallow breathing when I'm feeling anxious. I went through a period of time where at night, especially I was starting to have a hard time, like taking in a breath where I'd kind of be like, like kind of like that at night, right before I was about to go to bed. And it was kind of scary. It felt almost like a panic attack or an anxiety attack. And I just had to kind of close my eyes and breathe through it and just take some deep breaths. Some meditations really helped with that too, because you are concentrating on breathing in and out. Um, Yoga is really good for that as well, but there's so many times that we really aren't stopping to just breathe. Um, When I was going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to get my health coach certificate, one of our lecturers was Dr. Andrew Weil, And I don't know if you've heard of his breathing technique called the 478 breath. Um, You can Google that. I'll also add a, a link to a demo of him doing that. But it's basically you breathe in for a count of four, you hold it for a count of seven, and then you breathe out through your mouth um, for a count of eight. So I think it's in through your nose for four, hold for seven, out through your mouth for eight, and you do that four times. And I actually challenged myself to do that every day for a month. And then as I got used to doing it, I would even try to do it several times during the day. And it's still something that I try to do most nights before I go to bed. Um, if I remember after I write in my journal, I'll try to do the four, seven, eight breath. Um, and it's just really relaxing. I know for a lot of people, it helps them fall asleep. Um, I haven't noticed that necessarily, but I know a lot of people have a lot of success with that. So take a look at it and try it out and see what you think. Another breathing technique that I learned about that I really like is alternate um, nostril breathing, which is basically what it sounds like. You're, you know, taking turns, plugging one side of your nose, breathing in and exhaling, and then plugging the other side. Um, I'll send a link to that too. You could also just Google it. There's tons of videos on YouTube on how to do these things. And I found that is a really, really good one too for when I'm feeling really worked up and overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, whatever, it just calms me down. And I just think so many times we're rushing, rushing, rushing through our days. We're all so busy. We have so many things to do that we just forget to take a second to sit down and breathe. So I even try to do it like if I'm in the car or going to the bathroom, you know, silly as that sounds, I'll just sit there and do some breathing exercises because why not? Um, Or even just focusing on taking some deep breaths every once in a while, you know, breathing in and holding that for like 10 seconds and breathing out for 10 seconds or longer and just trying to slow down my breath. It, It definitely helps me feel calm. Um, it's hard if you're feeling super worked up or in a rage to, you know, remember to slow down and breathe, but I do think that it really helps. So anyway, those are my five and I try to incorporate them, um, pretty much daily. 
Just to review, number one is pamper yourself and create some pampering rituals, whatever that looks like for you. Number two is getting a good night's sleep by establishing a really good bedtime routine. Number three is doing a daily meditation or just having some quiet time where you have, you know, just a little bit of time alone to quiet your mind and do some thinking or just concentrate on your breathing and give yourself just a little mental break. Um, Number four is incorporating daily movement into your day. Again, whether that's dance or even just playing with your kids or doing yoga or some stretching, just get some movement in and try to find something that you really enjoy, that you look forward to doing. And then last, number five, was breathing techniques like the four, seven, eight breath um, and the alternate nostril breathing or any other kind of breathing techniques. I mean, there's so many different things. And one thing I love about, you know, looking things up online, there is no shortage of information and inspiration for these types of things. So again, I hope that these help you. They really have helped me. Um, with kind of helping reestablish new healthier habits instead of just always going straight to the sugar. And, you know, and it took some time and it's still, I have some bad days where, you know, I do all my tools and I'm still going to have a bad day. You know, that happens. Nobody's perfect. Unfortunately, even being sugar and flour free, I still have my problems. Um, But I think that there are a lot of tools and resources out there that can really help make things a little bit easier. So thanks so much. And I will look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar.